to find your competitors, just look at the keywords they are ranking for because it's probably going to be what people are searching for, which means that's the problem they're trying to solve. Welcome to the Creative Hole Podcast. Today's episode is about Stefan Sagmeister and how you can use your niche and your abilities to attract more clients. Our sponsor for today's episode is Kayla. If content is holding up your projects, Kayla can help. You simply send a request and sit back. Kayla sends automatic reminders to your clients and collaborators and it is super easy to invite your team. Visit getkayla.com ch to get your 30-day free trial. That is G-E-T-K-A-Y-L-A dot com slash C-H. Yeah, hello and welcome again to the Creative Hold podcast. My name is Jeremy. And I'm Marlin. And yeah, do you want to introduce our topics today? Yeah, I'm really excited. The topic today is going to be all about attracting clients. Mm-hmm. So what do you think the biggest difference between attracting clients and like go looking for clients is? I think, I mean, uh, attracting clients, it's clients seek out to work with you yeah. because of a certain thing that you bring to their company mm-hmm. as an expert, rather than when you look for clients and get a client that way, you, you seek out the type of people who need help. Mm-hmm. And there's some sense of convincing yeah. almost. And I think when we started out, I know for the first like one or maybe two years, I always felt like I have to go look for clients. You know, mm-hmm. I have to go to all these networking events and have to do all these things and it's exhausting. <laughs> and you almost feel like the people are not ready to buy. Mm-hmm. Um, I think when it comes to attracting clients, they're much more ready, they're already coming to you, maybe through a referral or through marketing Mm -hmm. and starting out I always was kind of perplexed by how marketing would actually bring those people like it felt a bit mysterious yeah like how does the Instagram likes convert to clients yeah and it can seem a bit kind of daunting so I really want to bring this topic about attracting clients because I think there's so many ways of doing it yeah and I think the person I chose today to talk about um, really has attracted a certain niche for himself. Yeah. Um, so today I'll talk about uh, Stefan Sagmeister, uh, very well known in the design world, um, born in Bregenz, Austria. Huh? Uh, yeah. He's common. Common. common go- yeah, maybe I'll become the next Sagmeister. <laughs> and um, yeah, so he started out um, in Austria uh, as a as a designer, then moved around from you know. From Rome to Hong Kong, mm. uh, ended up in New York working under Tibor Kalman. Okay, he's another famous designer. Um, and then when he went out on his own, so I'm skipping a lot of things here, but I think the, the important thing is when he went out on his own, he he focused solely on design for music, mm. specifically CD packaging or right, like cover art, cover art, right? right. Okay. And it, that was what he was most passionate about. Right. Um, and yeah, he 
he became very known for innovative mix of pas- uh, of packaging, mix of laser cutting and different dyes mm. and things like that. And like, you know, overlays with plastics and things like that. And right. 3D. And so he's very known for these like wild, but music-like uh, um, angular designs. Almost like a... I mean, some of the work uh, that he's doing now in Sagmaster and Walsh yeah. is it's very kind of edgy. But mm. you, when with these print treatments that you're saying, it also has that tactile, yeah, experiential element to it. Yeah, and remember, this is in the late '90s, right, mm. in the early 2000s. So, oh. so the you know the at the time this was very um, innovative, yeah. right, and so. He worked with people like Lou Reed and the mm. Rolling Stones. And I think, uh, you know that, I think Sagmeister is very much known for his sort of subversive and intense and edgy work. Yeah. You know, and I feel like him niching himself a bit into the music scene, the mm. music industry, doing design for music, winning Grammys because of his CD packaging. Right. Right? It gave him this sort of authority on on cool and edgy... He's a very, yeah. you know, maybe... Yeah. Yeah. And he even used, like, um, quite provocative imagery, Provocative, right? yeah. Like, the, I remember one of the first things I saw with him was his maybe now a really famous one where he was naked mm-hmm. and he like is this still his first promo so he etched yeah dates and right. information of about a conference that he was going to attend okay into his skin and he had his interns etch things into his oh. skin yes very intense <laughs> and something that i probably would never do but memorable but very memorable yeah and then that attracted clients like levi's mm. you know and like his new designs even you know even if he has some more toned back designs like his branding for otium mm. which is a a restaurant um he still has this sort of sense of cool yeah. to a lot of his designs right especially if he's able to do that so it shows that you can still get clients from all different niches but mm-hmm. If you start off with something specific and get known for that, mm-hmm. people, even if their brand isn't that yet, mm-hmm. they want some element of it. Yeah. Like they, they feel like they want that cool factor in his case or whatever your niche is, it yeah. could be really attractive. Yeah. So yeah, exactly. Him working with rock and roll artists mm. attracted a brand like Levi's. Like, hey, we want to be rock and roll, right? And then he started doing... Uh, campaign design for them right, right? you right. know and so that's i think where uh sagmeister really was able to attract clients and now he takes you know sabbaticals every year mm-hmm. right and he the types of brands that are okay with him taking a sabbatical every year are the types of clients that also value this high creativity right so he attracts that type of uh attention and uh, renown yeah, I mean, the sabbaticals are an interesting topic in themselves. Yeah. Because he's really justified it in the sense of, I'm taking a full year off. Is it every five years? Uh, I think every six or seven. Yeah, yeah something, something like, like that. that. Yeah. Where it's like a full year just to go create. Yeah. And it's totally a justification for becoming a better designer that can produce better work for those clients he's working yeah. with. But it does seem very scary as yeah. a as an entrepreneur to take a full year off. And the type of clients that are again okay mm. with that, you know, are the type of clients 
uh, that value his t- design style. Yeah, that's very true. Nowadays, he's very known for very typographic uh, work, you know, with his bananas and his right and yeah. Right. So uh, and especially with his partnership and with Jessica Walsh. Yeah. Um, you know, he's become also they uh, Sagmas and Walsh have become a lot more digital and yeah. sort of uh, explored new mediums and things like and that. And still very um, taking very strong stands. Mm-hmm. Um, with things like uh, equality in the workplace. I mean, Jessica Walsh is running Ladies Wine and Design. Yeah, maybe we can do an episode about her as well. That'd be really cool. That'd be really cool. Um, But yeah, so uh, him taking a stance, creating a niche, those types of things attracted the type of client that Mm -hmm. uh, valued his work and I'm sure, you know, gave him the renown as well. That um, Definitely, yeah. yeah. So yeah, that was my sort of little bit about uh, Sagmeister. There's yeah. so much out there uh, of him. He's quite prolific and he's quite out there. He has a film out also called The Happy Film. So we'll mm-hmm. put a bunch of things in the show notes and I'm sure you can find many more and we'll be happy if you share them with us as well. That'd be great. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you can always go to the Facebook group and share them. I'm sure yeah. everyone would love that. Yeah. Uh, I think it takes us really well on to... Uh, the kind of more like actionable advice. I think it's really cool actually what you were saying about uh, Sagmeister starting off with this work that he was really passionate about himself. Mm -hmm. Because I think the first thing we need to do before we move into like the super actionable advice Mm -hmm. is you have to be able to find your own niche. Mm -hmm. And I think when people say niche, it can feel like you have to pick very certain type of industry mm-hmm. like i'm just gonna work with lawyers or, or just music or like. just music yeah or like i'm just gonna work with branding and i'm gonna shut out all the other different services mm-hmm. so you know but in reality especially like we've experienced this a lot it can just be a personality trait mm-hmm. like absolutely like you're looking for a client who has a specific type of personality right and that, i think that's also really useful because you know if someone is a very you know action boom 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 type of person mm-hmm. right you know then that will attract uh, numbers and action focused people when yeah. other people they're more uh, they're more you know qualitative and uh, yeah so like even just the approach of some some clients want a very hands-on designer mm-hmm. and uh, sorry they want to be very hands-on mm-hmm. and some people want to be kind of uh, just giving you the work and leaving mm-hmm. and coming back for <laughs> for yeah. the results so just finding people who would want to work in the same way as you can mm-hmm. also be a niche. Yeah. Uh, and I think that the ways that you can find your niche before you get started, and to me, niche and target audience is kind of the same thing, mm-hmm. uh, is first you can start by looking at what do you love working on, mm-hmm. just like Sagmeister, and try to find like the Venn diagram intersection of what is profitable mm-hmm. and what do you love doing. Yeah. So after like one or two years of running our own business, we did an Excel spreadsheet. Very. We scored each project like, did we enjoy this? Was it working? Like, how was the communication? Mm-hmm. Uh, was it profitable? Mm-hmm. All these different things like did we feel comfortable doing this project yeah and then we we realized that some of the services we were providing were not as profitable and not as enjoyable and so we really started to focus more yeah and i think that's really helpful because you might already have it in your data you're just not looking at it Uh, and i think the other thing you can do is if you're trying to create some sort of persona is to look back at your past clients 
and think about the people you loved working with and kind of create like a, a Frankenstein target exactly. audience yeah. from the bits that you really enjoyed about working with different people. And I, I feel like you should be very qualitative in mm. your in your approach to how you describe that person. Yeah. I feel like you should, you know, like, like, like you know a, a a video game character in your rpg you should know their flaws and their <laughs> their 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 needs and their and their you know motivations you know yeah. th- those type of qualitative things that uh, un- that make you understand what makes them buy and then, it's yeah. yeah it's more about you're kind of uh, touching upon this see see if you think i'm understanding you correctly yeah. but it's essentially more about the personality traits and mm. the psychology of the person mm-hmm. rather than like this person likes to wear green sweaters or yeah. like, this person is on the social media or platform. this person is this much old right yeah, I think right. I feel like you know this this is a very of course you know there's certain generalities that you can make yeah. but if you find a much more stronger through line with the type yeah. of person it is, you know, then age can be ignored, right? That's very true. That's very true. And it's also okay to have multiple personas. Exactly, yeah. Um, something else I think is what you can do is, because sometimes you're new and you don't really have that many people to look into, mm-hmm. then you can kind of take a very mathematical approach to it. Mm-hmm. And you can do this as well as looking at your own data. Mm-hmm. The goal here is to find out two things, and you touched upon this. Essentially, what problems are they facing and how can you solve them? Yeah. And you could start by thinking about what you like to offer as the solution yeah. and then go see who has that problem. Yeah. Uh, when we're talking mathematical, I'm talking about online tools. Yeah. And there are so many online tools and there are so many helpful ones. Uh, one that I really like is SEMrush. Mm-hmm. SEMrush essentially lets you put in the URL, mm-hmm. so the website address of a competitor, mm-hmm. and it shows you the keywords that they are ranking for. Yeah. And this is really helpful if you think, oh, I want to provide animation work. Uh, you can Google animation work you know, for the people that are in your city or mm-hmm. to find your competitors. Just look at the keywords they are ranking for because it's probably going to be what people are searching for, which means that's the problem they're trying to solve. Mm -hmm. So I think that's a great starting point. Uh, We also had uh, our mastermind group bring out a really great point, which was that on the Facebook page of a business, Mm -hmm. you can go to uh, their little kind of navigation bar on the left-hand side, Mm -hmm. and there is a link there that is called Info and Ads. And if you click on that, it will show you all the Facebook ads that they are running, mm-hmm. which means you can get a feeling for what kind of photography they're using or if they're using video to promote themselves, if what kind of uh, text they're using. And that will really reveal how they think the problem and the solution should be mm-hmm. phrased. Mm-hmm. So just doing it like a little bit of spying that way. Mm-hmm. I think could be really helpful for figuring that out of who your customers are and understanding mm-hmm. kind of their problems a bit better. And the last one I was going to say is just to look at your own analytics. Mm-hmm. If you have a website, you probably have website analytics. You can look at your kind of user flow. So just seeing how people are uh, navigating through your sites mm-hmm. and where they are dropping off, yeah. most importantly, because that's usually where you're not addressing their problems. Yeah. Uh, and if you have an Instagram, 
do make a business account because yeah, it's the same. You just get analytics. Yeah. <laughs> um, now that we've kind of defined who our audience is, mm-hmm. or once you've thought about it and you decide it, the mathematical way. Yeah. The mathematical way. Yeah. yeah. Um, then we are going to go into the second part, which is essentially creating a lead funnel. Okay. So we're going to use a lead funnel to attract clients. Mm -hmm. And it sounds very intimidating and very like you have to be... Crunchy. I mean, yeah. Yeah. It sounds like you have to have a degree in marketing to know how to do it. But to make life easy, I have been doing a lot of research and put together a very quick three-step action plan. Okay. That I think anyone can try. Yeah. Let me get my notes, actually. Sure. Let's get it. You ready? Yeah. Okay. Uh, we have tested this from for the past couple months as well, mm-hmm. and I think it's it's super helpful. Okay. Step one is to pick one or two social media platforms. Yeah. That you think that your customers are going to be on. Yeah. Right. There are tons of like government reports or marketing reports that show what kind of people are on each platform. Yeah. So that's readily available if you Google like age groups for different social media platforms, yeah. for example. But pick, most importantly, some that you think you want to engage with mm-hmm. and some that you think you want to produce content for consistently. Yeah. Because that consistency really is the most important bit. Yeah. Um, so if you pick one or two, and the purpose here is people are not ready to purchase from you when they're looking at your Instagram. Yeah. Like, very rarely are you going to get someone who sends a DM with, like, hi, I want a branding project. Yeah. Like, people are there to get inspired. They might get, you know, awareness of your brand. Mm-hmm. But really, the point here is to drive traffic drive traffic to your site. Yeah. So, uh, create a super basic schedule that you can manage and look at your analytics. Mm-hmm. Right. So, we've got our step one done. Mm-hmm. Step two is to create landing pages on your site mm-hmm. and add very easy opt-ins mm-hmm. to build up your email list. Right. Now, a landing page is a bit different from just a normal page. Mm-hmm. Do you kind of have any like feeling for how they're different? I feel like a landing page maybe is... Like, I think a landing page is maybe also just a way for you to, to sell. Uh, yourself beyond just you know getting their details but also like telling them more about yourself rather than just uh, you know hey give me your email type of thing yeah so a landing page is essentially just a way to be more specific Mm. so you can have a bunch of different landing pages on your website yeah but if let's say you are talking to people who might want to get a new logo Mm -hmm then you want them to land on a page that is specifically going to address them getting a logo. Mm -hmm. But you might also do other things. Mm -hmm. And then you want to have a separate landing page for that. Yeah. So the more specific you can be where people land, Mm -hmm. that is really helpful. So think about most people I see, they put their homepage as their link Mm -hmm. in their Instagram or their Facebook, for example. Yeah. But maybe that's not where people are really going to be most attractive to yeah maybe you want to put your portfolio or maybe you want to even put a blog post that explains your process Mm -hmm. so something that is gonna be engaging for people and then the second bit of this is to set in those 
easy opt-ins. And that means something that isn't as intimidating as clicking that contact form. Yeah. But like, maybe you can download a brief or maybe you can, you know, sign up to the newsletter to get tips about your service. Mm -hmm. So something that feels really easy just so you capture that, yeah. that email. Because, and I mean, every time I say capture, I just feel like it's a Pokemon reference. Yeah. <laughs> it feels very, like, serious. Yeah. And, um, what's the Collect, word? maybe, is a better. Collect, <laughs> collect people's yeah. email. Sure. Um, yeah, because people are still not going to be ready to buy. Yeah. So you just want to be able to find people to kind of speak to them at a later stage when they might be more ready. Yeah. So... We've done step one, which was picking social media platform, and step two, which was creating landing pages. Mm -hmm. um, with this step two as well, it's really important that you see how it's performing. Mm -hmm. And there's a great tool called Crazy Egg. You might have heard of this one before. I know I saw marketing for this for like two years before I tested it out. Yeah. It is helpful to have some sort of traffic to your site before you test it. Mm -hmm. But essentially what they have is... Uh, heat maps so you see where people are clicking on your site and how far they scroll down mm -hmm. so you can see where people start dropping off mm -hmm. they also have things like a b testing where you can do two versions of your the same page mm -hmm. without doing any coding yeah and uh, there's really helpful data in there so you can just kind of figure out where people go wrong because it's never where you think it is yeah. <laughs> uh, and step three which is going to be the last one uh, and you might have kind of seen this one coming yeah uh, which is the follow-up with people of course yeah so if you got their email you can follow up with sending newsletters and these like slightly more soft you know, yeah soft approaches yeah yeah just like helpful advice yeah um but i think you c might even be as bold as to just reach out and say you know hi i hope you found m the guide that you downloaded helpful mm -hmm. do you know that i actually provide like a free consultation yeah. or just reaching out directly and saying hey i'm a person yeah you're a person and i see that you're interested in this topic i would love to talk more about it over coffee yeah and uh, it doesn't have to be very committal you know but you you essentially i think have to take the approach that you're gonna have to write a hundred people that some of them might like it some of them might not buy yeah. from you and it's just a very much about not being discouraged mm -hmm. and seeing it more as an experiment because you're gonna have to figure out through all of these steps which platform on social media is best for you mm -hmm. you know and which which opt-in is working best for you yeah. so just seeing everything as a big experiment yeah and eventually once you've done it and you've created this funnel then you're gonna have a supply of clients yeah coming in and that's very nice. Hopefully, yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, and, you know, a part of also attracting is make sure your work is up to snuff, right? Mm. Yeah. You know, like, uh, these things are good strategies, but because, like, bringing it back to Sagmeister, mm. make sure your work is high quality or attracts the, the type of quality client you would like to where you can create those projects for bigger and bigger clients. I think that's an important step to also yeah. making sure you attract the right clients is to make sure that the quality of work that you create is on those levels where you want to be. Yeah, and I think a lot of times it's the work is great, but people tend to not explain their work mm -hmm. or like um, 
present maybe one or two examples of what they produced, but um, people want a little bit more of that story behind it. Yeah. Like, what was the problem they were facing and how did you tackle it? Um, show like some nice mock-ups of the thing that you designed. People want to put themselves onto the projects that yes. you have already created yeah. and see how they they can be helped by you. Yeah. You know? Um, but yeah, that was, I think, a really good podcast. Like, very actionable information. And I think... I hope so. And like, we would love to hear what things yeah. that you want more help with. So please comment and... Uh, and join the Facebook group if you want to join the discussion and just give us tips for what to cover next. Yeah, and thank you also from the people who came to the Mastermind and who uh, interact on the Facebook group. Uh, this podcast was actually inspired by them. Uh, so, yeah, thank you for giving us uh, themes. And also a lot of the tips actually came out of those, uh, uh, those people. Um, and we were just a vessel to deliver the information. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah... Uh, Thank you for listening and I hope to see you next time. Bye. Bye. If you liked the tips we gave you today, then you can find more content like this on our blog, creative-hold.com. There you can find all sorts of articles as well as interviews with many different creatives. So that's creative-hold.com. Be sure to also check out our Facebook group under the same name, Creative Hold. There you can find all sorts of interaction between many different amazing creatives.